Hello, my name is Naranjan, the host of Master of Your Crafts podcast. Learning from leaders who are continuously inspired, passionate, and driven to align with their soul purpose, sharing their gifts to bring healing to others. The music is composed by Rebecca Everett. Today is episode number four, where we will be talking to Heidi Marie Jones and learn how she developed the mastery of challenge and travel as her craft. Heidi grew up in a very loving home with parents that supported her in everything she strived to strive for. While as a family, they camped every summer, played tennis, rode bicycles, she wasn't really exposed to the extreme outdoor activities and the adventure of travel. So when Heidi was 25, she moved to Lake Louise, Alberta, by herself on the train, which was her first big adventure. From there, she learned to ski, rock climb, mountaineer, and decided to develop a passion for travel and challenge herself. Heidi always believed she could do anything, and so she put herself to the test. Today, Heidi can proudly say she has worked as a train conductor for CP Rail. She was a school bus driver and traveled in over 20 countries. And now she's testing herself with the challenge of entrepreneurship. Heidi has a deep passion for life and a deep love for everyone she meets. Hello and welcome to Heidi. Hello. How are you doing today, Heidi? I'm great. The sun is shining. It's springtime. <laughs> Life is great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so honored and I'm so grateful for you to to be present and to be able to share some of your experiences, what you would like to share with our listeners. Who is Heidi? A little bit deeper on who she is and what is it you want to share with people. So tell me, what do you believe about yourself? And does it define you as Heidi? I've always believed that I could do anything. I've always believed that that I was capable and everything in life was worth tasting and trying. And I and I always had this craving to try all these things. And I really felt like I could do any of them. I feel like this has defined me as who I am because I've had so many experiences in my life. Although there's fear behind trying things sometimes, I've never let it stop me. And I've always carried on with this trust that that I will figure it out and this knowledge that I'm capable to. It's definitely defined who I am today. I go into many different circumstances with no fear because I have experienced so many different things in my life and I've conquered those fears. And I really feel like my life is full and I'm so content with the things that I've done. And if my life were to finish today, I would have no regrets at all. So do you feel that the experiences that you've had has defined you and has molded you to who you are today? Yeah, definitely. Because there are certain things that I did, like, for example, being a train conductor, that was a big challenge getting that job. I was only 26 years old. There's not a lot of people that I know that have done that job, especially at the age that I did. And 
And I know there's a lot of train conductors out there, but it's still not the most common job. It was very challenging in certain ways. That really, just the interview process alone was a three-day interview process where they eliminated people as they went. They only hired 16 out of 130 or something like that. And I got in there. So that was really big for me. That really showed me that if I put my mind to something that I can do anything. And that was just after moving out West and realizing that I really like, you know, crossing glaciers and climbing mountains and backpacking all these different countries. And I really started to get a taste for life. And it's, it's really pushed me into traveling even more. With the uh, business that I started, I travel into very rural areas in developing countries. Sometimes they're not the safest places to be, but I really trust that where I am is where I'm supposed to be. And I really trust myself that I'm capable make right choices as far as intuition and knowing that I'm safe and who I can come across and who I can hike those mountains with in the Philippines. And so it's really defined who I am today. It's really brought me to a space that I really feel like I can follow my dreams and do it without fear. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So that was a journey in itself to be able to recognize that and look at it from a a deeper perspective through experiential. Absolutely. When I first started some of these adventures, there was always that fear behind that maybe you could or maybe you couldn't, but that you really wanted to. And now about 15 years later or so, it's the idea that I absolutely can and I'm going to dive straight in. Very courageous and very proud of you for doing that. Thanks. What do you feel is your calling for this lifetime, for where you are with the skills and the tools and everything that presents and makes Heidi, what do you think you're here for? That's, I really feel like I've discovered what that is. And it's to work with children in developing countries and help them to receive an education, have a brighter future, be nourished, take care of their families. And I really feel it's interesting how this has come about because when I was younger, I wanted to be a teacher, although I didn't become one. And when I got older, I became a school bus driver. You know, I've always worked with children. And years ago, when I was married, which I'm not anymore, but when I was married, I remember saying to my husband, there's something I'm supposed to do with children. And I don't know what it is. I really felt like, you know, we were going to foster kids in the future, or there was something, there was something that I was going to do. And it was going to be with children for sure. I just had to figure out what it was, but I knew that's what my calling was. And then years later, When I was down in Dominican Republic, I met a gentleman from Dominican who works with missionaries when they come down there and they build schools and houses and churches. And uh, I, I was just fascinated with what he was telling me. And so he took me out to see these buildings that they built. And I, I met the director of a school down there and I got a tour of the school and it was just heartbreaking. And I just, I came home and I just couldn't, I couldn't let it go. And so I tried to raise some money and that was really difficult. So I decided that I wanted to have something I could sell and I wanted it to be something that the children made. So I came up with the idea of a storybook that I could create with the children. So I proposed this to the director of the school. He loved the idea. And I went down the following year and worked with the children. And that was my first time in a classroom in front of the kids. And I'd studied Spanish to go which was horrible, but I stood in front of the class and I spoke Spanish the best I could. 
And I worked with the children and directed the classroom and we created this storybook. And it was just, I have never been so content in my life as I was in front of that class. Just at peace with myself and and knowing that this is what I was meant to do. And so from there, I just continued the work. And now I've done this in seven schools in six different countries. And I'm fighting now to create a way with these books to create a consistent income to support these schools and give them tools Mm -hmm. to support themselves. And this is my calling. My calling is to have the money coming in to support these schools and then myself to travel to these schools and help build walls, train the teachers, get the breakfast programs going, get the kids nutrition and healthy and the ones that are sleeping on the streets, get them somewhere to sleep properly so that they can get an education. And this is my calling. This is definitely my calling and just brings this peace to me and this contentment. And I know that I'm on the right path, and especially the guidance I have when I do it. I'm so safe in some of these rural places that I go to. And I know that I'm safe because I'm being guided. This is my true calling. That's beautiful. And I think it's really unique for somebody to actually find that. I think there are many people who go out have their entire lives looking for that calling and looking for that nugget of information that gives them the full fulfillment and joy and sense of purpose to to their life. Yeah, I think it really comes back to what we were talking about before about the no fear and jumping in and trying things. Because I think the reason why a lot of people don't Mm -hmm. find their purpose in life is because of fear. And like I'd mentioned, I was married, and I knew that wasn't a healthy and right fit. But I grew up in a very strict Christian home and divorce was not a thing. And it was extremely hard for me to leave my husband. But I knew it wasn't right. I knew there was something bigger and something, and I just had to go for it. And I had to not let the fear stop me. And I think that's where a lot of people miss their paths and miss their purpose is that they allow fear to stop them and they get caught up in, this is what my life is. And so this is what it has to be because that change is not a safe space to be in. But if we would just follow, you know, when something isn't aligning and we know it's not, we feel depressed or, you know, anxiety every day, we need to listen to that. That is our intuition telling us you've stepped off your path a little bit. So let's get back on it because you have a deeper purpose than this. It's so key to recognize when you are in your comfort zone because you're you're absolutely right when people do become out of their comfort zone is that's the really it's the only opportunity you have to expand and grow and be in a different space mm-hmm. very courageous of you to do that so what are the attributes that you feel that connect you to your purpose so you've been a school bus driver you've backpacked and traveled in over 20 countries that's a profound number of countries to be able to do that and you've no doubt picked up nuggets and traces and little pieces along the way what are the attributes what is it that makes you feel connected it's funny but I really feel like being Canadian is definitely an attribute because the appreciation that I can feel this is a very different country and being like a very peaceful country and being Canadian just allows me to do this work. If I wasn't Canadian, I wouldn't be able to do this work. I mean, right now there's the pandemic going on and I just really, it really brought it up at that point too, where, 
you know, we are in such a bubble here and we think that we are untouchable and we really don't understand what goes on in the real world and um, that we are vulnerable. And when you go into the grocery store and you see the shelves are empty and you realize we are touchable, (laughs) you know, and I think that that's really even myself that travels to these countries. I know I come from a good country, but until this happens where I see my stores are empty and people freaking out, even I myself went, oh my goodness, maybe I am vulnerable, you know, and it's, I just think that it just gives me such a strength, you know, the brave and the courageous and, and all those different things, the, the, um, the no fear and trying new things. I think that that really comes a lot from being Canadian mm-hmm. and uh, just being an entrepreneur. That's something that's always been in me, which I realized the other day when I was talking to someone and he says, you know, I've been an entrepreneur since I was six years old. I said, well, what do you mean? He says, when I was six years old, I was selling blah, 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 whatever it was he was doing. And he was doing all these little weird six-year-old things, but he was making money doing it. And I realized, you know what? I've been an entrepreneur since I was about six years old because I remember taking wool and wrapping it over the end of a fork over and over and over again. And then you tie it in the middle and you end up with these little flowers. And my friend and I would sit there in the driveway and sell those little flowers for five cents each. And I remember setting up tables on the front lawn and I had like a little restaurant and I was selling crackers. And people would come sit at the little tables and have crackers. And so I realized that I, this has been in me since I was since I was a child, too, that uh, this mm-hmm. entrepreneur, you know, the mind frame, which is really necessary for this purpose that I have in life. Absolutely. That's really interesting. What is your intentions with your craft? What is your intentions with the skill set and your purpose and your mission and what you feel is your life calling? What is it you want to do? I know you talked about to be able to support the children and give them an education so that can empower them and with their life, what they are here to do and to bring to the world. Where do you see this going? Like, what yeah. does that look like for you? It's a pretty big intention, actually. But again, no fear. Nothing can stop me. <laughs> It's important to have this mind frame when you're an entrepreneur. (laughs) Well, my intention is to, yes, uplift uplift the children in these developing countries and give them nutrition and education and a brighter future. Um, But it's deeper than that. It's the way that I want to bring that about for those children is by empowering our children here in Canada to take charge and do this. So I have some programs that I'm working on that I'm trying to bring in. And what that looks like is unity, global unity. I want to open the eyes of children everywhere that we may be in different countries, we may have different, you know, religions and cultures and education and but we are all human, we are all children of this planet. And I want to bring about that unity. And I want to bring about the the drive in our children as they grow up this social awareness as children, and the idea that you are enough to do something about this, and that they grow up with that so that we become adults that are socially aware and striving to help each other. For the countries themselves, I really want to bring these children up as well, like the ones in the rural country that can't access education or the ones that are, they live too far away from, I guess that's the rural areas too. But these children, when you get them great education, it changes so much. It changes the health in the community. It changes the number of of infant deaths. It changes 
so much. I mean, one child can grow up and become a doctor and come back to their community. And really what I want to see from this long term is that when we get these areas educated properly, now the whole country is rising up. Now the whole the country as a whole can start picking itself up and become stronger. These are my intentions. Absolutely. Empowering the children. That's a pretty powerful one. That's yeah, they're big. Absolutely. But I have no doubt that you can. Even if it's just a little nugget that I get going on this, there's, you know, that's enough to people can build on that too. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a long-term, long-term goal, longer than my life, but I believe we can do this and I, and I want to be part of it. Mm-hmm the best way I can. It's powerful when you can impact anybody's life. I think there's a deep sense of contentment and fulfillment purpose when you can have even just the smallest of difference Mm -hmm. in somebody's life, be it that you walk down the street and smile at them because that can lighten up their day. You have, we don't know yeah. what goes on in everybody's lives, whether it's a good day, a bad day, or the contribution of a smile, or looking at somebody yeah. in their eye and mm-hmm. giving them a sense that they matter, that they're a human being, and that they are here for a greater purpose. Yeah, and you may not even know that person, so doing it on a on a much global perspective and on a scale of with a clear intention of bringing people together and sharing the cultures and sharing the little nuances and niches that everybody comes with from where they yeah. are born and raised, from the Dominican Republic to Toronto. It's, we all have our own little nuggets of information and sharing of who we are that we want to share. Yeah. And you know what, Nardin, I think that's a really important point to bring up to something you'd said earlier there is that if we're talking about finding our purpose, I think it's really important to mention that not everybody's purpose is something like this. Some people's purpose is to just do that and smile at someone. There may be women out there that are just so content to be at home raising their two children while their husband works. And they they love that and they're content in that and they have their life is everything they want it to be. But because there are people out there doing bigger things, they feel like they need to. They feel like they can't find their purpose. But I I think it's important to know that if you're content in your situation, then that is perfect because your purpose may be to come across someone one day in a McDonald's lineup and have a slight quick conversation with someone you don't even know and you say something that you don't even realize is so empowering for them something they were considering and it changes their whole next steps into really putting them on their path. That just might be your Mm -hmm. purpose. So if you're content and in love with your life, you don't need to do big, amazing things because that is your big, amazing thing. And maybe you're raising the next big, amazing thing. Mm -hmm. And that's your purpose. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of perspective, right? And it's a matter of what you're able to handle at that moment. Because I feel every single moment, there is often Mm -hmm. an opportunity of how much bandwidth that we are able to take at any given moment of time. So for instance, from your perspective, you only had the capacity Mm -hmm. and the bandwidth to be a school bus driver, but that was fulfilling enough for you at that moment in time. Until you became more courageous, until you built the, Mm -hmm. the skills and the tools to be able to backpack and travel and expand that 
skill set on a bigger scale. So everybody is in their learning curve at a different stage, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We all have our different stages of how we learn. and, And I don't think that learning ever stops. It just only stops when you put a mental block on it or a mental cap of if I go beyond this boundary, then life will really change. But then it's your choice. If you are willing to make that change, just as you did, you was in a marriage that didn't feel possibly as fulfilling as you wanted it to be. So you took the courage to to step out of that boundary, to step out of that zone, to feel and interact and live life with a different intention. So it's a powerful way to be living, to tap into something deeper and something greater. Um, but it all starts with something really, really simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yes, it really is. So how did, how else did you get here? You shared that you got here through seeing it, just through your exposure of travel and seeing, I guess, the poverty and the inequality of who gets education, who doesn't, the poverty uh, that's attached to that. So that's what got you to that space of doing what you're doing now, ultimately? Uh, In my business? Yeah. Yeah, it really was that. Also, the just the the love for the children and my own craving to work with them. Mm -hmm. And it turns out it's come about in these different countries that are not my own. So tell me, Heidi, how did you get to this space? And what's next for you? What's the next chapter of your life look like in terms of bringing the global unity, providing the education? What's that next step look like for you? So the how I got here was really the love of the children, going to these countries and working with the children creating these storybooks, I really got involved. You know, I wanted to create these storybooks and then sell them to raise money and send back. But it became so much bigger than that when I stayed with families in their homes and went to the schools and walked through the villages to get to the schools. And I really got into the life of of a lot of these people in these, you know, developing countries. And that was quite eye-opening. And so now it's become so much bigger than that, where I, I don't want to just sell these books and raise money for them to send back. I want to create programs. I want to train teachers and, you know, all that, all that stuff that, that will really make a difference. And so that's how I got here to where I literally sit during my week and I work on this and work on this and work on this and I don't get paid for it. I'm not, there's no money coming in yet, but I put my heart and soul into it. And I'm, you know, I have some great ideas and I have some amazing people guiding me and mentoring me. And, and I just, I put my all into it because I really believe that this is what I meant to do. And so it was the love of the children and the heartbreak that I felt being there. That's what got me here. And where I want it to be, where I want to be in a place where this is running, people know what this business is, this Luana's bookshelf, and people are familiar with the storybooks that were created. And the children here in Canada are doing things to help children in developing countries. And I myself I'm working with these children in these developing countries on a regular basis. I'm visiting the schools, you know, maybe speaking some of their languages and just really connecting with them and 
And that's where I want to be. That's where I want this to be, that we have garden programs happening where the kids are learning horticulture and, and the, you know, the fruits and vegetables they grow are supporting their school. And, you know, like these different programs that girls are learning how to sew and now can make clothes to sell and, and just ways that they can support themselves that we're starting to teach Amanda fish, you know? So that's really where I I want it to be, where I Mm -hmm. want it to go Mm -hmm. and where I want myself to be where this becomes uh, a really solid uh, way of globally supporting and, and teaching unity. Mm -hmm. So what are the other programs and what are the other workshops or pieces that you're putting into play to make all these steps work so succinctly? So you talked about educating and supporting teachers, you support, you talked about some of the life skills that you're offering for these individuals, for the children. What do you have specific programs in place? And if so, what do they look like? There's no specific programs in place right now. No, but it is that yes, training of the teachers, because a lot of these schools, uh, they don't have enough money coming in to be able to hire adequate teachers. So the teachers they have are very young with not a lot of training. So training the teachers is definitely a priority. And then there's breakfast programs. A lot of these kids are coming to schools hungry. You can't learn when you're hungry. You can't retain information. And so we want to get some, and the nutrition, I mean, the kids in the mountains of the Philippines had such bad coughs. And so just nutrition and food in their belly. And there's one group that I do travel with when I go to Guatemala and they have been working down there for 20 years. And so that was really interesting to see because they have dental programs and nurses that go down and sponsorships. So some of the kids go to university. And so that was really uh, beneficial for me because those are the kinds of things that I want to create. And those are the kinds of opportunities that I want to have for the children in these countries that I go to. So right now I'm in the beginning stages where I am creating programs that will, that will create sustainable income and consistent income. Those plans I prefer to keep under wrap for now (laughs) while I'm working on them, but they are big plans that are taking a lot of work And um, definitely it's very important that uh, there's certain people that are um, helping me with them. And I, I honestly, I wouldn't be able to do it alone. It is such a big undertaking, uh, some of these programs that I'm putting together, but I know that they're going to happen because of the people that have been put in my path. It's just a whole adventure, the entire thing of it. And, you know, there's, I'm sure there's things that I can bring to these communities that I'm not mm-hmm. even aware of now. There was a rotary group that told me they bring glasses, like eyeglasses to some of the countries they go to. I hadn't even thought of that before, but of course there's some of these children sitting in these schools that can't see. <laughs> and you know, like there's so many things like that that the more you do it, the more you realize mm-hmm. what the needs are. And so right now I'm just striving to get some programs going uh so that I can actually go and start building walls. Sure. That's wonderful. Like I said, it's a very courageous and it's a big intention and a big journey that you've you've kind of taken on board to be able to support these individuals, families, communities and countries around the world. It's, it's a powerful mission that you have. It's a very courageous one. So well done, Heidi. So we may have some listeners out there who Thanks. may want to connect with you or may want to support you. What does that look like? Is there an opportunity for some of the listeners or somebody who may be on the same path or may have a skill set or a vision or tools or techniques that can support you and empower you with your mission? How would they get in touch with you? What would be the best way? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that undertakings like this, it's the most important for people to work together. And I'm, I love advice. I love anybody who thinks they have a better idea, you know, teach me your idea. Let's work together. Let's make these things happen. So, I mean, if anybody feels in any way that they have something to offer or would like to be a part of it, that would be wonderful. Uh, my website is Luana's Bookshelf, L-U-A-N-A-S, Bookshelf. Dot com And on there is all my contact information, my phone number, my email. You can message me on Facebook Messenger. Everything's on there. If you like to read more stories about the schools or my adventures or a little bit more about me, there's lots of videos on YouTube. My channel is Luana's Bookshelf. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Perfect. That's wonderful. Well, hopefully you'll have some of our listeners reach out to you and connect with you and support you through your mission as well. Thank you. Heidi, I want to say a heartfelt thank you for sharing your experiences, your journey, your mission, your vision, and all that you're striving to do now and what is put forward for you and that will materialize in the coming days, months, and years. So I wish you success in your endeavor of being able to change these lives. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. And thank you for reaching out to be able to share so candidly your journey and what you want to do. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You are most welcome. Thank you. I'm Naranjan, and you've been listening to Master of Your Crafts podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and join me next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.